Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash-flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and you know... I've been so blessed lately, and I can't tell you how blessed I am to be able to do this podcast each and every week. And I really enjoy the things that go on in this podcast, the discussions that we have, the people that we have on, and really, hopefully, the light that we shine on this beautiful thing called multifamily investing. And I want to share my sincere gratitude for you, the listener, because without you guys, without you taking and putting your comments in iTunes and all the things that you do, we watch this show, we track how many people download this thing. And it's just absolutely amazing to think about all the people that just really listen. So really cool, really, I don't know, I'm just in gratitude mode today. And I don't know if it's just the new year that's going on, but we're coming up to Valentine's Day and you start thinking about people that you care about, your loved ones. And I love you guys. I really do. I love the opportunity to get to communicate with you and share my hopes, my dreams, my fears, and really try to keep this podcast as raw as possible and true in full of integrity and full of realness. And I think that's why you listen, because I know there's lots of podcasts to choose from, but for some reason, you guys pick mine. So thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I'm going to do a quick three-part series, and I would love to hear from you guys in either an iTunes review, if you guys like these good, bad, and uglies. I always feel like you do, because I feel like I get a lot more bumps when I talk about the deals that I do. So we have two more deals that we've done last year, and I've not talked about them yet, so I figured I would do a quick three-part series on my next-to-last deal called Green Hill at Radford. So Green Hill at Radford, really cool project, and today we'll just do the kind of the opening of this deal, why it was a deal, what we found, what we saw, and kind of maybe some a little bit of the ugly too, right? We'll start to kind of get in there. Every property has some things wrong with it, And in the process of things tend to kind of unravel. And so I think in those stories, you guys will learn a lot. So we're going to actually talk a a lot on this one about contracts and being able to maybe extend a contract, even when you're out of contract, meaning you don't have like your due diligence is done and you're supposed to close, but you can still get extensions if you ask right. And so anyways, go into this deal. So Green Hill at Radford, $18 million purchase, student housing property in Radford, Virginia, really decent sized property. I think it was over, you know what? (laughs) This is so bad. Corey's talking about Radford University right now, and he doesn't know (laughs) how many doors it is or how many beds because it's a student housing property. But luckily, I know how to open up my Excel real quick and take a look at it. So I should have had this up before I even started. But it's a 474-bed student housing property, 168 units, within walking distance to the college, 0.3 miles. 
And it was currently being, when we bought it, 97% occupancy. So filled up, doing well, coming through COVID, doing well, great little opportunity. So let's talk about why we like this deal, what we saw. And then I'm going to kind of go into a little bit of the the ugly a little bit on this episode. But what we liked about this potential property is that it had, again, we look for some of the same opportunities, but like it still had value add left. The buildings are looking a little bit dated, a little bit older. The color scheme's not great. It doesn't look that trendy, but it has great bones. You know, built in 1995, so not super old, but not super new, right? And it just looks tired. The basketball court that it has not been slurry restriped in a long time. It doesn't even have glass backboard. College kids want glass backboards. He's got the old fiberglass boards. They just look dated and quite frankly, they look like, oh, ill. So we just looked at this as a wonderful opportunity. And then the interior still got the kind of that 1995's look of the oak cabinets, white appliances, just nothing special, right? And so, and the you know carpet's bad. So we looked at this saying, hey, this is a great opportunity to probably re redo this property, a pretty big rehab. So we plan on putting about one point six million dollars into capital improvements in this property. So a decent size rehab, and I think it's going to go really well. And with students, let's just say this, one of the first things that you're going to want to improve is where they come in and lease. So the clubhouse. So we're going to make some immediate improvements in that clubhouse. We probably, leasing season is going on right now. We will probably start, but I'm not sure how much we're going to get into it until the school year starts, right? So for this lease up season, we're really just working on some of the, a lot of the exterior projects. And then, plus we got to let it get warmed up a little bit because it's still kind of cold in Virginia right now. We had snowstorms and stuff going on. So we're going to try to do some of the basic outside stuff. And then we got to start working on the painting. I think there's some roofs that we're going to do. And, but at the end of the day, we're going to rehab the clubhouse a lot, like sanding down all to the wood floors, restaining them, completely gutting that thing out, new furniture, just a whole new look. So it looks, because right now there's furniture in there that looks like my grandma and grandpa were using it at one time. So it's just dated. It totally looks 1995. And so what a wonderful opportunity though, to take something and really make it shine. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to make this property shine. So we'll put that $1.6 million into this project. And what's cool about it is that we believe we're going to get around a 7% increase for doing those types of renovations. And on the student side, that's pretty significant. And here's the great thing about this property. It's already making money. So last year's NOI was 1.157 for the property. And we're actually on, after the end of our year one, 1.335. So $150,000 increase in NOI. That's not too ridiculous. That's like 10 grand or 12 grand a month additional income. And a lot of that's just cleaning up a little bit of the vacancy. So they had it last year. The trailing was 6% occupancy. Now is only 3% occupancy. So we're actually probably going to go into this project winning. And here's the better part is they already achieved our first year objectives 
why we were under contract. So here's the story. I'll go into the story here in a minute of our contract. We were actually, I felt like, under contract for a very, very long time. And not on purpose, but it's just the way it happened. And But we ended up getting a great deal. So 1157 NOI from the trailing, after debt service, 452250 dollars cash flow is like $883,000, like out the box. Like that's sweet. So I love it when properties cash flow like that. That makes me smile from ear to ear because it's going to be a really nice property for us and it's going to keep spitting profits out the back door. And that's what we want to see is we want to see nice profit, healthy profit for all my partners, for everybody that's in the deal. So we are heading that way and it's pretty cool to see. Now, with that said, so it has a lot of the right things right with it. And that particular deal, so we bought it for $18 million. We're going to project to sell it for $25 million at the end of five years. And we raised, I think, five, no, $7.2 million of private equity. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. And so, and we actually did that in our three share classes. Remember, we talk about three share classes. We had a, a six and eight and a six and ten. And they were $100,000, and $500,000 breakpoints. And for you guys that are new, that are listening to this for the first time, you're like, what's six and six? Listen, I will teach you how to raise capital totally different than any other syndicator out there. And because you can, by the way, and your investors, they really, what I've learned is my investor base. They want consistent returns. They want real returns, and they want to be in front of the line. In other words, they want to pref on the on the cash flow, and they want to pref when they sell, like 100% goes to them until they get fully caught and made whole. Just like the stock market, the more you invest, the better return that you get, or the better break points is would would happen in stock market. We give better returns. So if you give us 100,000, that's equivalent to our six and six, which is 12% total return for annual return for a hundred thousand bucks and what that means is if you give us hundred thousand dollars you're gonna get six thousand dollars a year each and every year really fifteen hundred dollars one thousand five hundred every quarter and then at the end of that fifth year when we sell it you're gonna get an additional thirty thousand dollars okay so that's sixty thousand dollars total return for and then plus your hundred thousand dollars principal back okay so that's our six and six. Then we have six and eight. So it's still the same six thousand or six percent year over year. But then at the end, we're going to give eight percent. So that's fourteen percent annualized return. And then the six and ten, obviously, that's sixteen percent annualized return for a half million dollar investment. So it really rewards our investors for putting bigger chunks in. And I think that's what they want. I think that they want a pref on the front and pref on the back. And so we've been able to raise lots of capital that way. And so this is a great way to do it. And I feel like my investor capital really, really, truly just wants good communication and a real return. There's lots of people that talk about returns and then we try to really give a good return and consistent return. Now we're not perfect because we still have COVID and some properties that are doing, we did poorly through it, but we're coming through it. So it's not always a perfect, and anybody that tells you that it's all great, they're lying, right? It's not always perfect. I mean, that's the business model is to make adjustments as you have to and persevere. And so sometimes we have to do that. We do make mistakes sometimes, but we have a really, really good track record and our investors will tell you so as well. 
So that's kind of how we set it up in the formation of our deal. And then here, what happened is, so we write this thing for my standard type of contract. And now with that said, I'll share that with you guys too. So in my LOI, we normally don't go hard, but on this one we did. We went hard the very first day, but we did a really good job in our due diligence. And I kind of got semi-early access, right? I didn't actually do a full due diligence before we went under contract, but I did spend a couple of days at the property doing, looked at all the vacant. There was a handful of vacants and was able to feel like I had a pretty good idea of what the property was. But I didn't do a full-blown due diligence, but I still went hard. So I think I put went hard like 300000 is either two hundred dollars or $300,000 on this property from day one. So the day we signed that contract, we're hard. But I still had a 30 business day due diligence period. And even though I could I could walk out, but I'd still lose my 300K, but I could not anything else. And then I had a 30-day business day close. Now, when I say business days, just so you guys understand that, business days is different from calendar days. Business days is actually 45 calendar days. And so that's 45 plus another 45. That's 90 days to close a property. And that's usually a pretty good timetable. And then I think for an extra $100,000 additional earnest money, usually we try to make this like 20 or 30, but they actually beat us up in our contract for this. They wanted like another $100,000 to, we always put a clause. Now we don't put this in the LOI, by the way, but we always do it and we always get it is a 30-day extension clause. And we'll try to get it for free. Then we'll try to negotiate twenty dollars or $30,000 for it. But ultimately, we just want another, for whatever reason, anything that can happen in real estate happens. And so we want to give ourselves an, an actual another 30 business days, or actually we only do 30 usually calendar days to extend a contract. And so we did it on this contract and that was fine. But here's what happened. So we're in the deal going through PSA, going through contract and close and timing. And I was supposed to sell my property, the Palms, and I was going to use my Palm sale to fund this property. However, my Palms sale got delayed. And it was like, man, you got to be kidding me. It got delayed. Can't do it. Oh my gosh. So here I am under contract. Now, the first time it got delayed, we just used our extension in our normal contract, that extra 30 days. And we're like, okay, we're going to be fine. But then my contract for the sale of the palms got delayed again. And now we're like, man, because we were really planning on using a lot of that money. Like I was selling the palms. I was going to, hey, I had already invested like, I don't know, four or $5 million for that deal. And I was going to make $3 million. So I was like, we'll easily be able to sell the palms and just fund this thing right off the bat. But now it all changed. So we're like, oh my God, we got to hurry up and go raise capital now because we weren't planning on it. So that was a big deal. All right, we are now raising capital. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's not from our palm sale. So we had to really dig in deep. The team, I'm telling you, they are amazing. And our partners, man, they all dug in deep and we ended up raised the money, right? We actually, we had it all. And it's a little bit nerve wracking, but I mean, it always comes down to the last couple weeks and then it all kind of shows up and it was like, whew, done and done. But in that process though, as we're coming down and now we're past our due diligence time or our hard date. So we went to that full 90, we exercised our extension and now 
we're actually not ready to close because there's a problem with title. Now, here is the part where I say you've got to have strong legal counsel. And I'm going to reference my podcast with Wayne Siegel. Look at my show notes. You can see the reference to Wayne Siegel's podcast where we talk about having great legal counsel on your team. And that's a great, excellent interview, by the way. Me and Wayne. Wayne is my BMF, man. He is my bad mother. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And in my legal team, you got to have somebody that's a BMF, right? Straight up. And that's Wayne. And so we're going through this and there's a problem because the seller, we have some things that are not in the right spots. Like, so we have a dog park that's kind of the way it's set up. It's in some additional land that the sellers own, but it's not my property, the property that we're going to buy. And so there's easement problems. And, and so like, so we're negotiating that. Then they come to find out that when they made a mistake in their initial contract where they were giving me a bunch of extra land that they didn't plan on conveying and they didn't or didn't even have the opportunity to convey because it's under a different LLC. And so there was a big, uh-oh, this is not the same deal. Now, granted, we're already now in lender legal stuff. And when the lender's like, well, what do you mean? You're pulling out this land was part of the deal. And lenders get real finicky. Like this land was has nothing to do with the deal. It's like on the side of the property. We care less if we have it or not, honestly. There's not much they can do with it. It'd be nice to have because maybe we could add a couple more buildings. But I don't think they're going to add a couple more buildings and start their own my competition. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. So in that negotiation, and what we really still needed was a little bit more time. Like we didn't have all our money raised and we were still like, just like we're close, but we're not quite there. And because I had a bunch of IRA money coming and dude, anybody that knows about IRA money, it just takes a moment, takes a minute to get all that stuff all the paperwork over, it's time consuming. So we're in the deal and Wayne just like, he does this so well. And this is the best part too, is because I just let Wayne do it. Wayne calls up and he goes like, hey, Corey. Cause I was like, Wayne, we gotta do this whole thing and all this stuff. And I'm painting this, all this stuff. He goes, hey, Corey. He goes, how about I just, I'll just call the lawyer. I feel like I know the lawyer. I'll call him. I tell him what's going on and that you guys need to do this and Corey needs a little time. So let's negotiate. So we actually got another 60 days. We negotiated a 60 more days out of that. It was so awesome. And Wayne's like, I think I can just call him and yeah, I'll just get it. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, their attorney's good. I know them. I'll just tell them what we need and what we're going to do. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, okay, go do that. And so he calls me about an hour later. Yeah, 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 uh, Corey, we got it all done. I'm like, what? And I'm telling you, man, I was just like, I felt like I wanted to do that Matrix scene where Neo just flexes and the walls bend. It was like, <laughs> it was so awesome. And I'm telling you, 
That is what I see happen when you put together the right team. I mean, things like that happen all the time, all the time. And it is so fun to watch when it does it really well. And that was like Wayne just being super Wayne. And he doesn't even, he's like, yeah, yeah. And here's the cool part. So Wayne has seen me do this time and time again. He's seen me close multiple deals. His belief in our company and what we do is very strong. And it conveys. It really does convey, guys. And so when that stuff conveys with you, A, it's super powerful. Super powerful. And so he was able to convey that to the other attorney and the seller on board. That's fine. we got to do some legal stuff anyways. And we did give them something that they wanted, which was we had to scratch off the rights to this other property that we probably couldn't get anyways because, honestly, it was more of a legal and the contract would not be in the right name to sell that other parcel to us. But they included it in the initial PSA and we signed it. So we could have fought in that legally, but we're like, hey, you know what? We weren't really expecting it anyways. So it's not a big deal to let it go. And so they got what they wanted. I got what I wanted, which was more time. And so they even asked, like, why do you need more time? Well, because we're raising capital. So we're just really upfront with them. And then we closed, right? And so I'm telling you, it's funny how this is a little bit of good and bad and, and the ugly and how deals work. And so what normally was a 120-day close that's using my extension almost becomes another 50, 180. Like, dude, almost half the year. 180 days. Wow, right? That's six months. And so now through that, the property was operating great. And we were able to retain and keep almost all the key people at that property. So that was really cool. A lot of fun. So I was really thankful for that. And that really is always a great piece when you're able to keep the people that are running it. And they were running it really well. So at the end of the day, we were just moved right forward. And it was like nothing ever happened. And um, so I'm so thankful to have great people on your team. I can't tell you how important it is to have solid people for your legal, for your lending, and just all the coordination to that right i'll give you another example too like aaron moles my with Bercadia finance is does all my lenders so we've got a couple episodes with aaron in it i highly recommend to listen to his as well great guy great source of for lending dust lender as well for freddie and fanny but him and his assistant leah man i'm telling you leah does all like the one thing about Corey, Corey sucks at like record keeping i mean i got a great bill to do it for me but me personally, I'm a train wreck, right? And so I'm usually, I hate filling out paperwork. I hate it. I mean, I hate it. <laughs> but Leah, I think she loves it. If she doesn't love it, I'd be surprised because, dude, Leah fills out all my paperwork for me, sends it to me for my signatures. I'm like, thank you, Leah. And I can't tell you, that's another team member. So, I, you know, and a lot of times you just have to share how you operate. So I just like, Aaron knows, but we've done it enough times now. They know what Corey's good at and what Corey's bad at. And they just like, you give us enough business, we will take up the slack. We'll do it for you. Man, it is nice to be pampered. Let me tell you, it is nice to be pampered. And so I'm thankful for my team members. And I let them know that too, by the way. Always think and take care of the people that take care of you. And so what a wonderful journey. So that's Green Hill at Radford, a little deal. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, off market. 
Now, I've got a really cool podcast episode coming with my good friend, Chris Epp. Do you guys, I'm going to reference one more podcast today. And you have to go listen to this one. Now, I'm going to try to get, I can't remember when I'm supposed to record with them, but it's coming up. I gave a podcast where it was like, I talked about the pains of losing a deal. And it was about my buddy, Chris Epp. And Chris is a broker that I lost the access deal to. I lost it, remember? And then if you listen to that episode, you will hear the pain in my voice because I did it raw after he told me that I didn't win and I thought I was going to win. And he ripped it and he ripped my heart out. Oh my God. And But in that podcast, something changed. And I was like, I'm going to, me and Chris are going to be best friends. We are going to do deals. Guys, guess what? This is Chris's deal that he gave to me. Off market. He said he would help me. He said he found one. This is one. And guess what? On the next, uh, probably uh, wait another more couple more podcasts, but we'll record my last deal of the year, which is called Carolina Creek, that Chris Epp sold to me as well. So this, he gave me this $18 million deal and a $23 million deal, both off market. I mean, you want to talk about truly, truly great. I mean, prophesizing what's going to happen and then it comes through. Listen to that episode. And then when that Chris Epp podcast comes out, which is hopefully it's in maybe like three or four weeks, it'll be amazing. It'll be a great story. And it really just puts the cherry on top. And it really goes back to everything that I talk about, guys. I talk about mindset a lot in this podcast, and I always like to finish up with mindset, and I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to talk about mindset, and I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you because here's what I know. I know that you want to be successful. I know that there's that little person inside that says, man, I want more, and I'm destined to be great. And I know that if I will put my mind to it and energy, that I will be successful. That's what you're telling yourself. And you're scared. You want to, but you're a little bit nervous. And listen, that's a great place to be. It is where exciting things happen because that means you're growing. If it was easy, it means you're just in the same rut. Experience life. Get on the wild side. Stretch yourself a little bit. It feels good. But I'm telling you, you've got to stay in that zone and not get complacent. But I'm telling you right now, if you will do that consistently, if you will protect your mind, believe in it, feed it daily, right? And prophesize what you want. I'm telling you, good things will come and find you. Just like I prophesized that Chris Epp was going to be a good broker for me, that we would become really good friends, we have. And now we're doing two deals. We just did them. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. Mm -hmm.